We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com i'm kyle fellows and i am joined by my co-host Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it's a Friday. It's kind of a special Friday, I guess, but it's good to be back. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Merry Christmas to you uh, yes. and, and to your family and certainly to all the listeners out there. This has been a really weird week for football, right? Like you have the doubleheader on Monday, you have the two games on Tuesday. Uh, so it's sort of been fast forward. We got this game going on now as we're recording. And then like, oh, by the way, the Packers play on Saturday. So yeah. uh, things have felt very sped up uh, between fantasy football playoffs and uh, actual implications of the real life football. This has been a wild and crazy week and it will continue throughout the weekend. So let me ask you, Andrew, this is a little bit, you know, we didn't talk about this, but how do you feel about the Packers playing on Christmas Day? I think it's really cool. I I, I have actually been to a Packers Lambeau Field Christmas Day game, and it was okay. incredibly exciting. Yeah, uh, that was a, a later evening game. So you kind of yeah. got to do everything in, in the morning and, and early afternoon and then go. And so uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm not going to be attending on Saturday. I'm actually going to be out of town, but it it's it's a cool thing. Yeah, and I yeah. think for fans who can attend, that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, for a, a mar- another marquee matchup for the Packers on national television, that's really cool. The only thing that would make it better is if it started snowing during the game. I was just going to ask you, you're the local guy, so we know that the closer you live to Lambeau Field, the more legitimate, you know, your your content Absolutely. is. Right, yep. but are you are, no snow globe action ex- expected for, for Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon? No, it snowed today, in fact, a little bit, and none of it stuck. It it just all pretty Ah, much melted immediately. And so we have no snow at all in Green Bay right now. Very unusual. And we will see. There's nothing in the forecast that's going to stick as of now, but crazier things have happened knowing Wisconsin weather. 
Well, sure, and that would be the most appropriate thing to happen on a Christmas Day game between the Cleveland Browns and the Green Bay Packers. But I guess we'll settle for regular football if that's all that we get. But it has been fun to hear the Packers talk about, you know, like you kind of wonder, like these guys that play on Thanksgiving or then these guys who now play on Christmas, like how do they feel about giving up their holiday to play football? But it's been cool to hear them say, you know, like we're in the entertainment business. We understand this is what we do and what an opportunity, what a stage to perform for the entire country on what is, you know, a really special holiday for so many people. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun cram around some some televisions and watch some Green Bay Packers for those of us who aren't able to get to Lambeau on Saturday. But we're back today, Andrew, for another round of our key matchups and X-Factors. As always, we're going to take some time and we're going to dive into the Packers' upcoming opponent, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the game. And then, of course, we share our X-Factor prediction for the week at the end of the show as well. But it's week 16 now, which seems totally crazy to say. Um, And it seems kind of odd that the Green Bay Packers have three games left now, right? Usually we're talking week 16 is your second to last ball game. But with the longer season, we get a little bit more football. And these last three games are a big deal for this squad, right? As Green Bay controls their own destiny right now to that first round buy again don't forget there's only one first round buy this year so that's a huge advantage in both nfc and afc's of course but the packers get the browns this saturday as we said that christmas day game and so we are hoping that the present that they bring to all of us is just one more football win so andrew let's help the people out there get ready for cleveland with some key matchups shall we yeah, there was one glaringly obvious matchup that I thought of when we when, when I sat down to uh, figure out who I was going to talk about this week, and that is just Nick Chubb and the Browns' offensive line against the Packers' run defense, right? We know there's not going to be a cream hunt in this game, so Chubb is going to get a heck of a lot of work and a lot of carries, and this Browns' offensive line is really good. Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller are likely the best guard combo in the league. J.C. Treader is a top-five center, but now we know he's going to miss the game after testing positive with COVID, and so that's going to leave backup center Nick Harris in there. Harris is out of Washington. I remember scouting him, and, you know, he he has some upside, but it was a late-round pick, kind of inexperienced, and certainly a downgrade from J.C. Treader, who's one of the better centers in the league. So that one happens to work out for the Packers. Jack Conklin, fantastic right tackle. And while Chedrick Wills has struggled a bit in the sophomore campaign, we know what his draft pedigree is. So this Packers front has a lot to deal with. This may be the first game where Kenny Clark doesn't have a significant advantage. Obviously, we think he can take advantage of Nick Harris, but then right. he's going to be uh, surrounded by Batonio and Wyatt Teller. And so, you know, there's going to be some support there against Kenny Clark. And we know Joe Barry usually is pretty hesitant to commit significant resources to stopping the run. So the defensive line is going to have to keep the blockers engaged. And Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, they're going to have to tackle Nick Chubb. Right. And, and that may, may include some support from Adrian Amos. But other than that, the Packers usually let their their front, you know, five, six handle the run. And I'm convinced that if the Packers can slow down Nick Chubb without having to commit a lot of resources to that, they're going to hold the Browns offense down and win this game. That's really, really good. And I mean, it is that's going to be so central to this football game. And I really expect the beginning of the game to maybe feel like. 
you know, maybe fans will be a little bit concerned because we might give up a little bit more in the run game than fans would be comfortable with. But I do think you're right. I think Joe Barry is going to test that and see how much is he going to have to commit to the run game to slowing it down because what a flip, right? So you go from last week not having Kenny Clark to now getting Kenny Clark back and then thinking you're going against J.C. Treader in the middle to now getting a backup center. So just that piece to see like, okay, does Joe Barry think that he can get away with just kind of playing defense? Is that going to be enough to maybe um, be a little bit opportunistic in some other places? And that's what I want to talk about here. And that's Baker Mayfield versus the Packers secondary. I know that that is an incredibly vague matchup, right? Most of the time we get a little bit more specific than that, but I find this whole scenario with Baker Mayfield really, really interesting, right? So Mayfield has been on the COVID reserve list with a positive test, okay? He can come back after 10 days. It sounds like, I've tried to read how this is going to work, but it sounds like he can come back after 10 days regardless of if he's still testing positive, right? We know that people can continue to test positive even if they're no longer uh, contagious or able to pass along the virus to someone else. So he can test out and rejoin his teammates before that 10-day mark, but it sounds like that's less and less likely to happen. But regardless of his testing status, 10 days will be Saturday uh, the 25th, right? So game day, Christmas. So according to Coach Stefanski, Mayfield can and will most likely play this game in Green Bay unless he tests out prior to Friday. He'll have to travel separately from the team, even though he's playing with them a day later, right? This is also crazy. But he will enter the game. Let's see here. Make sure I've got this right. He will enter the game. You know, he's going to enter really, really rusty. Uh, sounds like he's been asymptomatic throughout. So he may not have a lot of COVID fatigue to deal with here, but he will not have practiced with his teammates all week at all. And then he enters a hostile Lambo environment, which hopefully presents, you know, we hope a playoff-like atmosphere, right, on Christmas Day. Um, I just really think that Mayfield's going to be tough coming in here. It's going to be hard for him to come in and perform well, right? We've seen Baker Mayfield playing the way he's been playing in 2021. It's just hard to believe he's going to come in, flip a switch, and be playing so much better than that. And so I'm calling on this matchup with the Packers' defensive backs because I think that they're going to have some opportunities to prey on a rusty Baker Mayfield in this situation. And I think the secondary gets a couple of turnovers because of that on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, it, kind of a couple of points. Number one, between the two of us, we picked the Browns running game and the Browns passing game. So I'm pretty sure that like it would have been easier to just say the Browns offense versus the Packers defense. That would be simpler. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, we, we just covered... <laughs> <laughs> Our two key matchups were more generalizations. But the, uh, really, I think, um, you know, when you talk about Baker Mayfield, I don't want to, like, slander the guy because he had a really, no. really nice 2020. But this year has been rough. Yeah. And the, I, I've I've heard some, you know, rumors that he's really banged up. And, um, you know, maybe this time off for COVID has actually done him some good and helped him get healthy. But the fact of the matter is Mayfield, despite being the number one overall pick, despite being really hyped, right? Like he's in that draft class with Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and company. And he's the number one overall pick. And so I think, you know, the hype is is really high. He has not necessarily lived up to that. And I think he's been more of that mid-level quarterback. If you want to talk about roster building, the Browns have a really, really interesting decision to make uh, this upcoming offseason about Baker Mayfield. But we're not going to get into that. What, what I am going to get into is, 
you know, when when you have these middling quarterbacks, you know, a la Kirk Cousins, they can look really good and lead your team to really good things. Jimmy Garoppolo is another great example, right? If they have the weapons around them. Baker Mayfield doesn't. This run game, dynamic, right? One of the best in the league when when everybody's healthy. But the pass game has been brutal, right? You have Jarvis Landry, who's good for like a four-yard catch, right? Maybe like six four-yard catches in a game. Um, and then you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's shown flashes of being a deep threat, kind of on the early career MVS track. And that's it. Like, this Browns offense is just lacking in playmakers in the passing game. And so, you know, whether that's on Baker, whether it's on the general manager, whether it's on the offensive scheme, I don't know. But this this offense has not been explosive. And I really like what you're talking about with the Packers' defensive backs and having some opportunities Okay, so just really quickly before we move on, make sure we contextualize this whole because I, I heard a really interesting conversation about this today. You're right, like he's becoming a piece that the Browns have to decide whether or not they want to move on from. And because we're roster building people, right? Like this is where we get sidetracked. We go on these rabbit trails. But just to recap that draft class, 2018, Sam Darnold, um, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Like this is oh wrong yeah wrong quarterback class by me oops no it's okay I was just gonna say like those are the guys that like it was so interesting because Cleveland in that draft class they kind of jumped the conversation right like everyone was like you got to take Darnold like it was that was kind of like the assumption or maybe Allen if you're gonna get a little creative and then it was like the last two weeks we started to hear this buzz that no like Mayfield was their guy and a lot of people didn't believe it right and they were like this is just buzz and then they, they did it right they made that pick and like so many obviously Darnold didn't pan out and Rosen right but then you've got the other guys behind that like Allen and Lamar and it's it's one of those things that you see the ripple effects for years down the road and even though Mayfield is a quality starter, and he's probably going to get another opportunity elsewhere if it's not in Cleveland long term, it's just so interesting to watch a franchise kind of trip over themselves when they feel like they had this opportunity to finally get it right at quarterback. So that's to credit him because he's been a great player, but just not the consistent player that the Browns probably thought that they were getting when they made that selection in kind of a bold manner, I guess. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, moving on to my next key matchup, and that's going to be Devontae Adams versus Denzel Ward and Grant Delpit. And Ronnie Harrison. Nice. And whatever else the Browns <laughs> want to throw at him, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, primarily, I, will the Browns let Denzel Ward cover Adams one-on-one? Probably not. I, I think Ward would love that, but I just don't think that anybody in this league is really trusting enough in their defensive back, other than maybe Jalen Ramsey, of letting them cover Devontae one-on-one. Um, and even in that case, Devontae showed that he can beat Jalen Ramsey one-on-one. So I'm guessing teams are just going to continue to throw immense resources at Devontae and just make somebody else beat them. And with MVS likely out with COVID, that seems like a solid strategy. So, you know, you take a look at last week and that like crazy bracket coverage that Wink Martindale was was running. Yeah. Uh, Adam still had six receptions for 44 yards. There, there's going to be times when the Packers can scheme Adams open, and there will be some times when Devontae simply has to beat the coverage, which quite frankly, is totally unfair to ask of him, but he's going to have to anyways. The the pass rush for Cleveland is not something Aaron Rodgers is going to want to deal with, and so he needs to know where his receivers are going to be and quickly. So, you know, a, a couple of things to note in this. Uh, Denzel Ward he has been working through a groin injury this week. He has been limited participant in practice. I expect him to go into the game with a questionable tag. And then John Johnson, their safety, has been ruled out. This Browns defensive back field, which um, I said was the best in the league before the season started, has been pretty ravaged by injuries. You have John Johnson out. Delpit's just coming back. Um, There's one of their corners is out. I I don't think it's... It's it's Greg Greg Newsome. Greg Newsome, that's right. Former Packers crush everywhere. not Not Greedy Williams, but they've invested so many resources in the secondary and really, like, not necessarily living up to the hype right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been fun to see Greg Newsom. you know, after all the time that we spent in the offseason thinking that <laughs> he was going to be the, the guy to come from Northwestern to Green Bay to fix all of the secondary woes. But uh, how things change over time. But, man, um, my next one here is Miles Garrett versus Yash Nyman. Am I saying that right? You are. Yep. Nyman. I want to make sure I'm not putting that J in there on accident. I want to give the guy some respect because of how well he's been playing for this team. But this matchup is almost too easy, right? It was so easy to pick because it's huge and we have to talk about it. Um, Of course, everyone was hoping that David Bakhtiari was going to get back for this week and we'd have our all pro left tackle to protect number 12. But that is not going to be happening. Bakhtiari isn't ready yet and the Packers don't want to rush it with him. It's been very obvious they're going to miss. Let that take as much time as it absolutely needs. Um, I'm sure that Bakhtiari is frustrated, but it's been amazing having guys like Yash be able to stay up um, and just play like a starter, right? I mean, that's what he's kind of proven himself to be. Um, no hiccups out there for him. It's been great. Uh, it's been really, really remarkable, and this week is a huge, huge test. Miles Garrett is one of the best edge defenders in the entire league, and he's the best if you ask Pro Football Focus. So I think you have to plan um, for that. If you were Matt LaFleur, I think you have to plan to get the ball out early and often when you can. Uh, but Nyman is certainly going to have his hands full 
but I'm genuinely looking forward to watching this matchup because of how well he's been playing. Um, he'll probably have some learning moments against someone like Garrett. It's not going to be uh, a walk in the park out there, but I can't wait to see how he holds up and how the Packers plan to minimize Garrett's impact. Because if you don't take notice of him, he'll wreck your offensive line uh, and really your offensive game plan. But we did get a little bit of news today. Um, is that what you were going to talk about here a little bit, Andrew? I, I wasn't, but uh, I think you were going to say that, that Miles Garrett's been dealing with an injury, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been dinged up, and we kind of thought it was maybe a little bit of maintenance, right, early in the week. It progressed a little bit. You know, he's still got that questionable tag. And then Stefanski came out today and said, it's 50-50, like if he's going to play on Sunday. So it's trending like this may be a week that he takes off, which obviously, like, you know, you want to see those matchups. Like I, like I said, I want to see Yash versus Garrett, but my goodness, like, what a help to this Packers offense if Miles Garrett's not on the field. So uh, keep tabs on that, and the rest of the Packer Day team will keep you updated as we get a little bit closer, um, I guess, with that Saturday yeah. morning pod on, on game day. Yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll see if, if Miles plays. Obviously, the Browns are playing for their playoff lives right now, so I'm assuming if he can go, he will. Miles Garrett is definitely somebody that's in the defensive player of the year conversation. You yeah. know, you throw him up there with TJ Watt. Uh, some people want to talk, talk about uh, uh, Micah Parsons in yeah. there, but I, <laughs> yeah, he's been having a fantastic season, but Watt and Garrett to me are on a completely different level than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you should be intimidated by that matchup, right? You're going to have to throw a lot of help at Yash uh, in in order to hold up in passing downs. But one area where I think Nyman can really get some work done is in the run game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if the Packers can get the ball rolling and keep some, some you know, third and manageables, I, I think you have the opportunity. There was a great goal line play where Yash Nyman just absolutely obliterated the, the Ravens uh, defensive lineman. And I, I think, you know, Miles Garrett's a big dude. Uh, f- uh, for an end, but Yash is a bigger dude. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there's some opportunities for him to control him in the run game, let Aaron do some of that ball trickeration and in, in the play action passing game, really slow that pass rush down, uh, get some quick passes out and, and help him to hold up. But I think that starts with getting physical mm-hmm. and imposing your will in that run game where Garrett is still a very, very, very good player, mm-hmm. but certainly not as impactful as he is in the, against the pass. Yeah, for sure. And really, I mean, we talked about this before, but it's worth mentioning. We always watch these guys come through, right? Like the the one in 1,000 guys who are the ball of clay, who have all the traits, but it really has been so fun to watch Nyman become that professional who has the traits uh, physically, but then has matched it with you know the skill and really becoming just a professional uh, master of that tackle position. So good for him. What an opportunity, and he has completely maximized it. But those are our key matchups for this week. So uh, let's go ahead and flip the page here, Andrew, to our X-Factor predictions, right? Last week, uh, we picked DeGuara and Amos, right? I don't think those were our worst calls, but probably not maybe our most impressive on the season. I guess it wasn't Amos's best game, so I feel... I I took a a little bit of an easy route picking Amos last week, and he didn't show out the way maybe that I thought that he was going to. Uh, But we set a pretty high standard for ourselves this season. But uh, let's keep it rolling. Do you want to talk a little bit about what happened last week with those guys or jump right into this week? 
Yeah, I thought DeGuaro was pretty solid. He continues to develop his role yeah. in the passing game. And, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is developing more trust for him. We're, we're seeing kind of that similar trajectory that we did early in Robert Tunyon's uh, tenure with the Packers. And so I do expect that that to continue to grow, but certainly not any of the big splashy plays last week that I thought could have been there. Uh, but you know, that wasn't needed because MVS was taking advantage of all yeah, of those. Yeah, for sure. And Amos, I, I think your pick of Amos, I mean, Amos is just always solid. So it's mm-hmm. hard to say. Like, when he gets a, a splash play, it's usually because he's in the right position, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's not the guy that's, uh, you know, running from center field uh, all the way over to make a crazy athletic pick. He He's just, like, so assignment sound. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was last week. Yep. You know, that... that there might have been a misstep or two, but um, I thought he was he was just really solid again. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it's hard it's hard to be excited about that as as your X factor <laughs> <laughs> after the fact. But, um, you know, it at, at least they were active on game day, which uh, makes it a marked improvement over <laughs> us two years ago. Yeah, that makes us look uh, like all stars at this point. Right. We're, we're picking yeah. guys who are playing. Uh, this is good. So I think, you know, we, we I teased this on Twitter a little bit today and we had some pretty cool fan interaction just about, um, you know, that these were going to be like X factors that maybe were down the roster a little bit that people weren't expecting. So my, mine's not actually buried that much, but no one guessed this. And uh, that is Chris Barnes. And I mentioned him earlier in the podcast as well. And I think the Packers are going to find themselves in a lot more base defense than they normally play. I'm guessing the Browns will respect Devondre Campbell enough to make sure they're getting blockers on him in the run game. Um, You know, looking to double off with those really good guards and then find Campbell. And that may free up some lanes for Barnes. He has been really impressive at times this year, but I think this is a game where he can be an absolute difference maker. You get a few stops, put the Browns in third and medium or long situations where I think the Packers can get off the field the majority of the time, and that can make all of the difference. So I'm looking for a few splash plays of Barnes kind of doing what he's been doing, coming flying in out of nowhere, reading that hole like a running back on the other side of the line, uh, and you know, getting Nick Chubb on the ground, which is no small feat. Listen, man, Devondre Campbell's not even a pro bowler. Like, why would the Browns take time to <laughs> to block him? Like, I don't understand. If, if people don't realize the pro bowl is a joke by now. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand all the people upset on Twitter about it. It's like, yeah, this happens every single year. <laughs> the, the pro bowl is a disaster. Like, <laughs> I don't know who makes those decisions. David Bakhtiari was an all pro like three times before he even hit a pro bowl. Like, <laughs> how stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his last name is just too hard to pronounce, Bakhtiari. So that's that's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, but really though, I mean, it, it is one of those things that like I don't even get like rattled about it anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. The, the Packers have a couple Pro Bowlers, like whatever. But like, I mean, you see, like, we hope they're not playing. Exactly. We hope they're not playing. We hope they're a little bit busy. But also, like, there's teams that have five, six. I don't know if there's a team who has seven, but Pro Bowl players that like their team is horrible compared to the Packers, and you're like. You know, like, not that it's those guys that add up to the performance on the field entirely, but you're like, the Packers have played so well this year. And they've, you know, we've, every week we celebrate the guys who've made those impacts, whether it's, you know, young guys in the secondary that were unexpected in Douglas or, you know, guys like Devondre. And you're not going to get national love for those guys. But I think at a local level, you understand the impact of these guys. And obviously, nationally, that 
it just doesn't happen. But that's not it's not what it's about. It's not that important. But you hate to see these guys not get the recognition that they do deserve. But that's a soapbox. Robo's a joke. Put a bookmark there and then we'll move on here. Um, my guy this week, I'm going to go crazy and give you two here. OK, I talked about the opportunities that I think the secondary is going to have. And I think Rasul Douglas has a chance to get yet another pick here in this game. Uh, he's just so instinctual. He's breaking on the ball so well. I just think Baker gives him that Christmas gift on Sunday, just with all the things we talked about. Just Baker's just in an uphill battle in this one. It's going to be tough. So I'd say Rasul Douglas, but I don't think Douglas is really that X-factor candidate anymore. He just does it so often. He's playing like a starter. So I'm going to give you another one. So that's kind of my, like, yeah, sure, everybody thinks that. I'm going to give you Jawan Winfrey, okay? I said on Twitter today this one was going to come straight from left field, and I feel like I, I played by the rules here, okay? We're without Cobb, of course. We know that. We're probably without MVS with COVID. So I just think that there's going to be an opportunity here. Obviously, Lazard is going to get his, and, of course, we know, you know, Devontae and the creativity with the tight ends. But – I really do think that there's another game here for Winfrey on Christmas to make a little bit of an impact. Green Bay wasn't afraid to go to him in that big game with Arizona. He had six targets in that game. He got one target last week. It was kind of a route where it looked like maybe he ran a little bit deep or, you know, Rogers sorted him a little bit or it was kind of somewhere in between. Um, I think he gets a handful of shots in this Cleveland matchup this week. So I'm going to give a little bit of a deep call here, but I'm going to say Winfrey makes an impact and gets probably something like three catches and moves the sticks a couple times. And, you know, people are like, who's this Jawan Winfrey guy again? And it'll be a lot of fun to see him out there. Yeah, that's exciting. He looks really good in that 88. And does. Uh, I forget who it was. I meant to pull this up before we started recording, but somebody had guessed Equinemius as our uh, X factor for this yeah. week. And honestly, that's who I would have picked. That's a good one. Uh, but I knew you were going with Winfrey, so I didn't okay, want us to double okay. up on wide receivers. Sure, uh, sure. So I picked Barnes. But, yeah, I think I, there's going to be opportunity for some receiver to step up in the absence of MVS. And I think they need that. I love, 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 love Alan Lazard. But when MVS isn't on the field, the Packers are missing something. Whether that's yeah. as a deep threat, whether that's as a decoy, whatever it is, they make – they make the opposing defenders really respect that. And mm -hmm. so um, he will be sorely missed. But there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. I think, uh, you know, I, I really like the opportunity for Winfrey to step mm -hmm. up and do something. So good call, you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You want to talk about how this game could go a little bit sideways? Obviously, it's Christmas. We don't want to even entertain the idea that this isn't a Packers victory. But you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, for me, the really obvious things, pass rush, if the Packers have a lot of third and longs, third and obviouses, uh, and they have to drop back and set, and you have Clowney and Garrett coming off the edges, and the Browns' interior has been pretty good pass rushing, and they can just drop in coverage, I think that is a recipe uh, for some trouble. And I think, you know, not having MVS is, is going to be a problem. They have to get the run game going. They have to get the quick pass game going. And I think if they do that, the Packers are a more talented team, even with all of the injuries. Both teams obviously dealing with a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID stuff for the Browns. Mm-hmm. So I do think the Packers should come out and, and, and you know, and win this one. But obviously, you know, you, you get in those pass rush situations, bad things can happen. Uh, you uh, let special teams happen in this game. That could be a problem. Like, they just need to not special teams. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, just don't special teams. Yeah. Don't settle for field goals ever. Don't punt the ball. Um, I kick offs, kick it out of the end zone, which apparently Mason Crosby can't do anymore. And, you know... I'm punts tackle the returner before he can fair catch the ball, you know. I'm 100% with you, and so I, this is a risk for me because we're so close to the end of the show, and this is a rant. But the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley, he's talking about they're known to be one of the most aggressive teams. Like, if you watch that game from the other night, you know, yeah. like, they went for it an absurd amount of times. And so I started thinking to myself, if the Packers happen to run into the Chargers in the playoffs, which would obviously be the Super Bowl, like, could it potentially be an advantage for the Packers for the, the, the Chargers to never punt or attempt a field goal because they're always going for it? Could they be better just simply playing fourth downs instead of covering punts and trying to block field goals? Like, And I just kind of, like, laughed at myself because I'm like, I think that there's a legitimate chance that, like, they may fare better in some of those situations. <laughs> well, the the Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Panthers, got hurt in pregame warm-ups before their game. So the Panthers didn't have a kicker right. last Sunday. And so I kind of feel like, you know, the Chargers just play like their kicker got hurt in pregame <laughs> warm-ups. And yep. their punter, too. You know, just just go for it. Which is kind of depressing. You see, like, the, the like, uh... Oh, what is it like the enthusiasm and the conviction behind the offensive players, right? We saw like Keenan Allen quotes, like, yeah, like we would rather trust ourselves with the ball, you know, and trust that we can take care of it. And it's like, that's cool. But it also is like, we really don't, we don't want to trust the other guys to come on the field to take care of that stuff either. So it's funny, special yeah. teams, you know, are it's, it's, it's across the league, just an interesting dynamic, but of course the Packers are, you know, continuing to struggle there. Um, we hope that they get that worked out. I'm going to continue on your rant, though, and I obviously it's the Packers podcast, so weird <laughs> getting hung up on the Chargers. But there was there was so much scrutiny of Staley for those instances, and it's like, number one, his team has proven that that's a, a model for success. Number right. two, you know, if if you understand, I think it was Peter Bukowski that, that was talking about, you know, like, obviously seven is more than two times three, right? Like, that's an important <laughs> statistic in football. But then also, not statistic, that's just math. But <laughs> How also, many sevens did you get? <laughs> yeah, the, the Chargers 
should have scored on most of those opportunities. Like they had a lot of dropped touchdown passes. They had the one that Herbert threw like just a tiny bit high to cook and he couldn't reel it in the like horrific injury in the back of the end zone um, to a uh, Parham Parham, uh, which would have been a touchdown had he not gotten hurt. And uh, like, think, thank goodness he's doing all right. That was terrifying. But like, uh, there were lots of those instances where the Chargers should have scored a touchdown and they didn't. And then it gets blamed on, on, you know, the results get blamed. The decision-making gets blamed for the results is what I meant to say. And so I think, you know, I, I actually like that aggressiveness. There are times when I will want LaFleur to be really conservative, but no one should listen to me. That's, (laughs) that's the key to this. I'm the, I'm the conservative too, where I'm like, I'm just like, just take the points, like just take the points. And there's yeah. different, there's some scenarios where I'm like, just go for it. But most of the time I'm like, take the sure thing, you know, and those kinds of things. But it does seem like it was an interesting scenario where you did get to see a play out for Staley where like, not only did he make the right call, but he made the right play call. And then like, it should have yep. been fine. It's just that, you know, crazy drops and like you, you played all that out. But my goodness, like. It's interesting. Football's fun, man. It's just fun to watch all this play out and see how different teams are doing it around the league. But obviously the Packers got to fix this special team stuff. But I think you covered all the stuff with the Packers, um, how this game can go sideways. We talk special teams, run game. I'd throw in uh, clock management is a big deal. Um, if the Browns can stay on the field, that's a way that they could, you know, at least keep the game closer uh, for a long time. But man, it just, it does feel like the only thing that's, I think, a factor that maybe you may not consider is that, like, the Browns could be a dangerous team because they got nothing to lose, right? They know that they shouldn't win this football game on the road with all the issues that they have. And so they may be a little bit more aggressive, maybe some more fourth down, you know, going for it like we've been talking about because nothing that they're really risking by doing that. So um, anytime you're, you're playing the Green Bay Packers, you're going to have some guys come in with a chip on their shoulders, and I think we'll see that playing on Christmas Day for the world to see. So it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. That would be an excellent Christmas present. Just saying. (laughs) You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And next week we'll be back getting you ready for the Packers Week 17 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.